Welcome back. This is another episode of the Dog Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Wright. Um, we have a special guest today. One of our special guests, one of our four-year Hoyas, man. He had a great career at Georgetown. Is on the bigger and better things. My man went and played pro for about, I want to say, what, seven years you played professional? You played ball professionally seven yeah, years. Yeah. And got into acting. And got into acting crazy. Like, uh, I mean... I'm watching TV this summer and he popped over my screen in one of the one of my favorite shows. I'm like, oh shit, there's a Shanti on the TV. And I, I think I text you about it or something. I was like, yo, when you pop up in this show, yeah. you know, I'm excited to have him. You know, I'm glad he agreed to do this interview. Uh Shanti Cook is on with us, and it's a pleasure to have you on here, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. It's an honor to be on here. I appreciate it, man. I just want to say thanks for having me on on Dog Talk, and uh, I love what y'all doing too, man. Like y'all using your platform, telling entertaining stories and interesting stories that you normally wouldn't hear from people. So I, I love it. I love it. And keep going, man. For real. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate that. So, you know, it's always interesting to me when I talk to you or when I get a chance to talk to Bebo, just you guys being from the West Coast, you know, and what right. that was like. <laughs> yeah. You know what what that was like for you guys first and foremost growing up how was it you know at the basketball mm-hmm. scene uh, you're it's, you're from inglewood if i'm correct and right and yeah. so how was yeah. the dynamic of basketball and how did that develop and how did you get a passion into that man like la hoops is nuts i mean we just got a bunch of talent like all over the place you know like like a lot of the players in the NBA that you see are from, from LA. So just basketball in general is just like, you're gonna run into some good competition anywhere, maybe a future NBA star. But I started playing AAU ball when I was like 11, 12 years old. Um, and I started out at the Y before that, at the Inglewood Y. And then me and Bebo actually been knowing each other since we were about 11 and 12, to be honest, because we played on the same AAU team, um, ARC. So that's how we built a friendship. And then we ended up playing in the same high school together at Westchester. Um, and then there at Westchester, man, we was just like, we were fucking loaded, like <laughs> loaded, like Trevor Reese was on our team. Yeah, yeah. Um, on Adams, uh, we had Trevor Reza. He was a, he's a year younger than me. Um, so okay. played with TA. Then we had Bobby Brown, who just played with the, the Rockets for a couple of years, who's, you know, killing it in China and, and played in the NBA with the Rockets and stuff. Right. He was on our squad. Another cat named Brandon Heath, who played at San Diego State. He led the country, and I mean, uh, he led that conference in scoring. And then uh, was within the league for a hot second. Um, who else? Uh, Hassan Adams, who played at Arizona and then in the NBA for a little bit. So, and then me, Bo, like we 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 were loaded. Like we were loaded. We were number one in the country. My uh, senior year, we we're number one in the Nike Invitational. Right. And uh, we lost to uh, Oak Hill Championship with Mello and <laughs> uh, Chris Gray. Right. And a bunch of other cats, man. So, yeah. So, how? So, 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 <laughs> so dang, man. I didn't, know, I didn't know your team was that loaded in high school, man. So, I know, I can imagine if you if you guys were loaded with, with the practices, yeah. must have been like at that time. I'll tell you this, my junior year was probably better than our senior year team because our junior year, the people that came off the bench could just as equally start. Right. So 
I think in the two years, we probably had like 14, 15 Division One guys that all went D1. Wow. Like wow. out of those two years, 14, 15, like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, and I'm not like good schools, like, like, like hoopers. Yeah. Right. Right. And then so, our practices, bro, like, went to practice one time. You had uh, uh, Lou Olson, Buzz Peterson from North Carolina. You had Kansas, <laughs> Roy Williams at the time, like yeah. uh, Georgetown, New Mexico, San Diego State, all just like UCLA, USC. Like it was it was it was crazy. And then um, like our games was like sold out. But the Clippers used to come and come to our games all the time. So like D Miles and Quentin Richardson, because they were like pretty, pretty young at that yeah. time. Right. So they'd be sitting courtside watching us. hoop. yeah. And they got cool with like Hassan and um, and uh, Brandon. And you know the the knuckle up thing that they used to do back in the day comes yeah. from Hassan and Brandon Heath, like from oh, my wow. teammates. Yeah, so they started doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So D Miles and, and Quinn Richardson took that from um, my teammates, and um, they started doing it or whatever, just because they uh, started a friendship. But yeah, and then uh, D Miles used to practice with us. So like we was like the shit in LA. <laughs> like it was like the shit. Westchester basketball was like the shit in LA. Like traveling all over the place to different tournaments. Actually, you know, it's funny. I wasn't there, but 04, they played against Austin. Um, okay. It was at uh, DeMatha. <laughs> yeah, some tournament, um, I want to say Delaware in Delaware. But uh, but that team had Amir Johnson, Gabe Pruitt, uh, Marcus Johnson, like uh, the Westchester squad was loaded too. But I so, think uh, DeMatha ended up, yeah. So Westchester is like a, just a powerhouse. How would today's, what's, what's Westchester like today? Are they still one of the top tier teams in, in terms of uh, Los Angeles? Well, out here in LA, a lot, a lot has changed. It's right. going more to a private school. So right. a lot of private schools, like your Sierra Canyons, your Mock Days, and um, a bunch of other private schools are starting to be like the talk of the town and and, and, and the ones winning a majority of the stuff. But because um, Westchester is a public school, so right. and it's hard to get kids to go there now. But like they've down the champ campus is totally changed. Like it's now a magnet program or something like a charter school. Like they totally like had to revamp the whole thing. But um, they won the city title last year. So they're still winning, cranking out titles here and there. So you now yeah, you still cranking out titles. So you are, I mean, to me, it's just like for me when I was going through my whole thing, and so like, Dematha was the biggest school in our. We have they have the most history. That's where yeah. Austin went. They got the most history. They got all the former all NBA play. Danny Ferry, Adrian Dantley, Keith Bogan, Joe Forte. Like right, that's a right. whole list of guys that came through that school, and it. I mean, it's way more. That I'm just I can mm -hmm. bring off similar to what you're saying, but over 40 years, 50 years, that's how the math is. And still to this day, I mean, even to right. this day, Markel Folks, Victor Oladipo, Quinn Cook. I mean, it's just it's just a never ending cycle. So like when we competed against them, it was kind of like the biggest thing, you know. And so I can understand, I can kind of understand <laughs> what that with those games. We me and me and Austin played against each other. The game will be sold out at the freshman game, bro. Like mm -hmm. I'm talking about freshman game is playing going on. <laughs> it's packed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? People are trying to steal their way into the game and they're trying to open it. It was crazy. So I can only imagine with the level of players that y'all had and the amount of player, the immense amount of talent that was there, what it was like in the city at that time. I know that was that had to be crazy. That had to be an experience in itself. It's, it's 
Yeah. All right, LA was a, a hotbed of talent, man. Like we had uh, Fairfax, Evan Burns over there, Craig Smith, Craig Smith who played in the NBA for a minute, yeah. he went to Boston College. Um, Marcus Williams that played at UConn, um, he went to Crenshaw and then yeah. went to Oak Hill. But like, he's a Hoover, but he grew up yeah. in the city too, you know? So like, like I said, if you go and play like at the parks or something like that, like you're gonna like run you're into, into like, Darrell yeah. Wright. Yeah, Russell, James, like you're gonna run into cats. Like, like, right. like you're gonna run into like a lot of good hoopers, man. So I mean, you, I mean, you threw and through West Coast. So I'm thinking like me, I'm an East Coast kid, you know, that's in my blood. My game is that's the style of my game. That's how what I've known. All the guys that I grew up watching. I mean, I was a Wizards fan growing up. So I grew up watching Rod Strickland, you know, uh that era. Yeah. That was my guy. Rod Strickland was my guy. So for me, when I was getting recruited, Calvin Chaney. yes, Calvin Cheney. I mean that that whole, but that whole era, Jawan Howard, C. Webb, all that. That was my era. <laughs> you know I mean? So right. when I was envisioning right. going to college, when I was envisioning going to college, it was no way. Even I was getting recruited by those schools, it was no way that I could. The West seemed so like out of this world. For me. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. It seems so far. So I'm trying to figure out you. Y'all the top team in the area. He's top team. Your junior senior year, you the man. Y'all, everything is is kind of everybody knows where Westchester basketball stands and where who Ashanti Cook is and who Bebo is, who these guys are. How did you find comfortable in your recruiting process to eventually end up at Georgetown, which is on a whole well, different side? Right, right. I, I think a lot of it had to do with like us traveling in high school because like we would go east. We go to. Uh, we go to Delaware, we go to Erie, Pennsylvania, like uh, Virginia and playing like different tournaments. So like it exposed me to like different stuff. I go to New Jersey for a camp. Like I went to ABCD camp and you go to New Jersey. Like, so you get like a mix of just different people and vibes, you know? And so that opened my eyes. Like, yo, it's more than just the West coast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's a whole bunch of other like right. places I want to experience. But originally, I don't know if you noticed, I had signed to go to New Mexico. <clears throat> yes. Yes. So I had originally signed to go to New Mexico, University of New Mexico. And then the coach got fired second semester <coughs> of my season. Mm. So I'm like, shit. <laughs> is this is this I talk your, to the new coach? He's like, is, yeah. Is this your junior year or your senior year? Senior year. Senior year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I went on a visit to New Mexico and I had went to Oregon and New Mexico and San Diego State. Okay. for my visits and um georgetown was in the picture but they weren't really in the picture like they were kind of sold on their guard at the time um and bo had already committed to go there so but like new mexico had been recruiting me from the get and you know my dad was always just like go where you're wanted you know what i'm saying like you always want to go where you're wanted and so i signed to go to new mexico um and then he ended up getting fired my second semester of my senior year in the season like playoffs and so um we reached out to the new coach and the new coach was like yo we don't want you like literally sat on my couch and <laughs> said like, nah, we have no plans for you. Like you can come, but you know, no guarantee, like, you know, whatever. And so just the comfort level. And then uh, one of my friends who I played with the year before my junior year, he was already there. Mm. And he was like, I talked to him on the phone. He said, nah, bro, you don't want to do this. <laughs> so I asked for my release. And then I had took two more visits. Um, I took San Diego State visit and I took uh, the one to Georgetown. So Georgetown reached back out. It was like, oh, okay, cool. So I went to the, I went out there and mind you, 
I grew up watching Georgetown basketball, like Big John, AI, Kente Cloth jerseys, you know, right. Jordan 11, you know, Pat Leathers, Victor Page, like them booming, picking up, like right. the whole night. So I, I was like, yo. <laughs> right. So what I did, I did think it was an all black school at first. I'm not gonna lie. Ah, yo, <laughs> me too. Yo, that's funny. I mentioned that. Go ahead. I'll let you tell your story. But I mentioned that on a previous podcast. I thought all these schools were big school were black schools at first, because that's all it was on the court was black players. <laughs> right. Black yeah. players. Yeah, I saw a black head coach, like <laughs> one white assistant and all black players. I was like, yes, I'm going there. Like, so I get on the campus. Tony Beth was my host. I'm like, hey, bro. Where are all the black people? He was like, oh, you met them already. I was like, wait, the football players? He was like, yeah, man. I was like, yo, that's nuts. Yes. But um, long story short, I, I, um, I played pickup, met Big John, talked to Big John, talked to Coach Eshrick at the time, who was the head coach, and they wanted to to, to sign me, you know? Um, they weren't happy with the point guard that they had. And, uh, and so I was like, shit, I get to play with both for another four years or whatever. Like, you know, I've known him since I was 10. Like, let's do this. And right. I was like, it's the Big East, like the best conference, hands down the best conference. Right. So you're going to get better. And you know what I'm saying? Like you're right. going to get better and play against the best competition. Like why not? So right. that's how I ended up at Georgetown, man. No, and the history. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Jerseys are sweet. <laughs> like, yeah. Yo, the swag, people don't understand, man, the swag, bro. I used to be so one thing about Georgetown that I always remember, and it always was like, you know, like. I was like, damn, I, hey, that's sweet. I used to always marvel at the fact that like, you used to go back in the locker room and change like three times before they come out. Like first one, that first time they, they run to like they got on something. Then the next, they go back and like, they come out with something. Then the next last one they come, they come out with a different game. I'm like, yo, that's swag. I don't care what nobody says. And it always had the <laughs> cloth on it. It always had, and it just the whole vibe and the yeah. whole type of, energy that you got from Georgetown basketball from that time was crazy. So I can imagine, you know, especially you, if you said your pops was, you know, he was in, if he was in a Georgetown, what that meant for him and then for his son to actually be a part of that type of situation, mm -hmm. that's how it was for me. My pops was like, I mean, he watched Big Pat and them. He was, my pops is from New York. So he went to the garden to see them. You know what I'm saying? So when That's I started dope. getting recruited by Georgetown, it was like, yo, you got to take a look at this. You know what I'm <laughs> like, this got to be something that's on your on your radar. So that's beautiful, man. Just to, you want, just to hear people, different people's stories on how they got to Georgetown. Now, so you get to Georgetown yeah. and Eshrick was your coach. Right. Eshrick, yeah, for your first year. So how how was that? Was it transition? What did how did you feel playing under Eshrick? What was your role and how was it perceived? Did you guys have a great or a good relationship? Uh we had a, a cool relationship. Like he he more so cared about you outside of basketball. That's the one thing I did did like about Coach Eshrick a lot. Like, like every summer he would ask, like, would you like to intern at like Capitol Hill or something like that just to like get you to go and like network outside of like sports because he knows eventually sports is like going to end you know mm -hmm. so he was really good at like putting you in places to network and grow your 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 expand your network outside of basketball so just like when you do stop playing you may have a job lined up from doing an internship you get that 
Um, so like he got <laughs> Mike Sweetney, so he, he he got the bulk of the touches and stuff. But my right. main role is just to go in and like provide energy, you know, pretty right. much like come off the bench, provide energy, play defense, get to the basket if I can or whatever. But um, but shit, we're basically running. I forgot what play it was. But it was cross pick, go to Big Mike, move out the way, and let him do what, you, what, what he do, you know. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, y'all was riding the beast at that time. Mike Sweeney was, I mean, he was arguably the best center in the country. You know what I'm saying? Mike was dominant. And right. I, think, I think he kind of gets lost in the shuffle of, of dominant big man at Georgetown. Just how dominant he was. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was. He, he had was, a couple 2020 games. Like, I mean, bro, he averaged, I think he averaged 20 and 10 in senior year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think yeah. that's what he averaged. Like, Mike was a beast under there mike was you want to talk about somebody that was phenomenal you should saw him in high school his teams ain't lose oh, ever oh. <laughs> oh so yeah you know i'm sure he told you the stories and all that yo mike was a beast i used to go to watch mike games and they used to compete oxen hill the rivalry was uh eleanor roosevelt eleanor roosevelt had okay. um, delante holland and eddie baston eddie baston played in the league a little bit okay. delante, delante holland went on yeah. to the uh, university of charlotte i think no, no, no. He went to DePaul. Sorry. He went to DePaul. And I think he was, and they were in the Big East. You might have played against Delonte Holland. Oh, no. They were Conference uh, USA. DePaul. They were Conference USA. Yeah, they were Conference USA. Yeah, yeah. They so, didn't come until like my junior year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So he he was, I mean, Mike was, Mike was phenomenal, man. Mike was phenomenal. So, that dude was amazing. So, amazing. Yeah, he was amazing. So eventually, you know, actually the coaching change comes after your right. freshman year, right? And JT three uh, sophomore year. So you had two years with Eshrick. Yeah, two years. So oh four, they let Eshrick go. Okay. Oh four, they let Eshrick go. Okay. How did yeah. you feel at that time? What What was your thought processes when Eshrick was there? Did you want to stay? Did you want to transfer? What was the thought at that time? You know, I wanted to stay. I was just like, I'm gonna stick it out. Like I came here for a reason. Like, I'm not just gonna change, you know, like I'm gonna just stick it out and see whatever happens, happens with the new coach. And then um, they was like, yeah, we're bringing in John Thompson the third. And I was like, oh, okay, the dude from Princeton. Cause we would go up and scrimmage them right. uh, in preseason. Right. Um, we would go to Princeton and scrimmage them in preseason. So I was familiar with like his system. And I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, I'm never gonna have the ball. Like I'm just cutting like the whole time. <laughs> but so he gets there, and literally, I think the whole first like maybe month and a half, we didn't touch a basketball at all with Burke. Like Burke Scott is going like choppy steps, fundamentals, like how to backdoor cut, go opposite side, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, and you yeah. got like, yeah. like yo, shins on fire at the end of practice, you know, like. But I will say, I did like the fact that um, you learn a different brand of basketball. That's one thing I will say that Princeton taught me. Right. You learn a different brand of basketball, how to play off the ball, read different situations, and like make a quick split decision. You know, like, am I gonna cut back door? I gotta look and see how he's like guarding me. Is he shading a little bit high? Oh, I'm, I'm going uh, coming around. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, you already got like the workout, and like other stuff, um, you know, like in getting your bag a little bit, and then now to like have the 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 
the, um, the fundamentals of like running a structured sets and offenses right. and fusing it together just makes you like, I feel like a more complete player, you know? You see it nah, from a different lens. I feel that, I feel that. And it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was going through my process of getting recruited, right? Um, and this is a true yeah. story. I've never told you this, it's a true story. I was going through my process and I'm going up to Georgetown, you know, they, you know, you know how to recruit shit is. They show you everything great about the school. They show you the players that you would play. Like you, they show you, you know, this is what you're going to be playing. Like they show you all this stuff. So the players that they showed me were Allen Iverson, Victor Page, and Ashanti mm -hmm. Cook. That's, that was in my... <laughs> was in my recruiting i swear on everything i love that was in my recruiting package so i'm like yo and i never yeah, forget this and i'm sitting in <laughs> i'm sitting upstairs in the office you know that not when you walk up in the office upstairs the, the little room to the right you know the, like the little lounge area and all that stuff in the yeah. office and all that stuff so i'm sitting up there it's me my dad and my mom and my brother wasn't there it's jt3 coach burke you know we sitting there and they showing us film this is how we play this is what we're doing yes you know people have some ideas about the princeton but there is a lot of spaces for you to be individual and all that stuff right and the whole entire film session is ashanti cook getting busy in the princeton i swear <laughs> and i'm sitting there like oh shit yeah. i can do all this you know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, okay. You know, yeah. I add that to the mix of what I was doing because in high school, I'm averaging 30 points. Like, they know that I'm trying to come in there and get buckets, you know? So right. the, that was what was it showed to me when I stepped, when I was coming, being recruited was a Shanti Cook footage. I swear, it was it was wild. I'm like, damn. And me and my pops and my mom, like, it's like, yo, that boy, is, he, could, he, could, he could flat out do it. You know what I'm saying? That was our whole thing. Like, you know, so for me, understanding that 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 played an intricate role in me going to Georgetown. So what you did at Georgetown, these highlights that they showed was part of the reason why I went to Georgetown is because of being <laughs> able to watch you and see what you were able to do in the Princeton. I don't think I've ever told anybody. Princeton. You know what I'm saying? That's great. Well, you have, did you have Coach Johnson? You didn't have Sidney Johnson, huh? Sidney Johnson left the year I was coming in. He went to, uh, I think he went back oh, to Princeton okay. the year I was coming in. Yeah, yeah. Because I sat down with him quite a bit and he would tell me like, all right, on black, you got this opportunity <laughs> like, to get like to do what you can do. And he's like, you can go point spin at the top of the key. Like you can do whatever you want at that. You can get them changes. Like it was so many different spots. We would watch on film and be like, all right, in this particular moment, you can go ISO or one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, just like learning that and like how to play in a structured system just felt like it made it like a more complete game. So, but I, I'm not going to lie, you and Austin, y'all had so much freedom within the Princeton. Really? <laughs> I used to be sitting there like, damn, these boys getting off. Like, well, you know yeah, what it was? Yeah, because Well, you know what it was is we fought the Princeton. And I, honestly, no, I, I would say this. My freshman year was the year, the year before they had went to the Final Four. You understand? So, John. Right. Uh, Jeff Jeff just went to the league. Roy was coming back as the man, you know, in all of college basketball. Uh, right. Pat had a distinguished role. Sap had a distinguished role. Dewan Summers had a role. You know, everybody was kind of, you knew what you're going to do. Vernon Mackin was trying to figure out, <laughs> B Mac was trying to figure out if Roy was going to mm -hmm. stay in college and he was going to sit the bench another year or if he was going to go and he could finally, you know, it was his time to start. So 
that was the kind of situation. So when I came in my freshman year, I mean, damn, I mean, they went to the final four and all this. So you got to kind of get in where you fit in and just kind of, you know, ride the wave for a minute. Unfortunately, I got hurt my freshman year and, and, and you know, things didn't pan out, but it was kind of set. So I learned the Princeton quick because, right, right. I mean, in front of me was John Wallace, who was like, I mean, he's like a wizard up here when it comes to 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 the game and the, and the Princeton arm. He had it down pat, bro. Like that that shit was like second nature. I used to hate being behind John Wallace. You know, we got to do the layup drill. You got to make a move and do all the finishes. Yeah. Yo, yo, yeah. John would be so sharp in the layups, like, but that and do some crazy <laughs> layup high off the glass and all that shit. I was like, oh my god, I'm not going behind this dude. I'm like, I'm gonna just try to go dunk that shit and just. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just get it over with. So for me, you know, so for me, one by the time it was like my freshman, by the time we were juniors and it was really, really our team, you know what I'm saying? I think coach had yeah. enough understanding that we knew this shit like the back of our hands. So we got we I, I I was like, coach, you gotta let us go a little bit. You gotta let us run. You know what I'm saying? We we gotta run. We yeah. gotta run. You know, so I think Agreed. that's where the freedom came in. But even us, we felt that we didn't, we probably played with 50% of our talent there at Georgetown. You know what I'm saying? Because we. That's tough. Because Hollis was on your team too, right? Huh? I said Hollis was on your team too, right? Hollis came in Thompson? the middle of, uh, yeah, Hollis came uh, second half, second semester of my sophomore year. He came second semester of my sophomore year. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, Hollis came in. Hollis was a beast, gotcha. man. Hollis was really good, but he he was one of those guys. He oh, actually, oh. to be honest with you, fit the system, to be honest with you, because he could, he could mm -hmm. catch and shoot. He was a great cutter. I mean, he could rebound. He could play multiple positions. Yep. But at that time, Hollis wasn't a great ball handler. So, and you know, in the Princeton, you got to figure right. out what you got to be dribbling second forward. You got to be spinning and all that shit. That wasn't really his his style, you know. But yeah, Hollis was Hollis was good, and he was tall. You know, he was, you know. So I always found it interesting, like how you you know West Coast guys came. He is tall, right? Yeah, Hollis is tall as shit. So it's your junior and senior year, right? You've been playing with Bebo throughout. You've been playing with Bebo throughout. How is Bebo handling this whole situation coming on to the prison and all that? Oh, oh man. He was about to be out of there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, you I gave you the short. I think he might have end up was gonna go to Maryland. Oh, really? But um, but he was yeah, yeah, he was gonna transfer. Um, just because his sophomore year, he really flourished. Like, that's when, like, he bloomed, like, blossomed, you know? Like, he was, like, 16, 15 points a game, you know? Like, he was the focal point of the offense. And then JT3 comes in, and now everything's ran within a system where, like, he ain't touching the ball like that. We're giving it to Jeff. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, just making all the decisions. And so, Bo still had a good junior year. And... um after that, he was going to test the waters and go to the league, but he decided to come back. But um, but that Princeton wasn't really for Bo. Little guy, give it to him, jumper. Like, he's more had come off your handoff kind of guy, you know, so... Right. 
Yeah, hold on, bro. I'm I'm over here in Turkey in the sticks. My my Wi-Fi is is trash. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, but no, I I, I kind of see that because even to this day, Bebo's still out there get doing his thing, man. And he he's one of those guys. He needs to come off down screen. Yeah. He needs some post touches. He needs to be a slasher. He needs to he needs he needs to be mixing up. He's one of those guys who can score in a variety of ways. So I can see. How that impacted it impacted you as well because you are a guy that plays with athleticism. You're a guy that needs space. You you the guy that needs to to be able to create create off the bounce too, you know. So um, I just wanted to know like right. because for me because I felt that when I went there I'm like damn I ain't I ain't we ain't getting no pick and roll only only pick and roll we got is black or V Tech black or something like that. But other than that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It's nothing else that we can really get into to show yeah. that we're doing that, you know, that that's part of our game. So All right. um, I think it was it was a tough thing to mentally to 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 get through that for four years. So I commend you on that, to be honest, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially like he didn't like because he was so new. Right. That he had like be strict. You know what I'm saying? Like right. this is what it's going to be established, like, you know, so and establish that like that's what Georgetown's going to be now. So. We right. got him when he was fresh, and then y'all got him like a couple years later down the line where he could like let the reins go a little bit, you know. So and JT3 uh, is a great guy. That's what people need to understand. He's a great guy, like he's a good dude, very easy to talk to, very, very easy to talk to. He's real cool, down to earth dude, man. Like he's you know, he's he's not a guy that's a rah rah guy, but he's extremely intelligent, and you know, he, he's yeah. a good dude, man. He's a good dude. I think I the worst that. thing. I think the worst thing for my for me in Austin was that the motherfuckers went to the final four the year before us. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. You know what I'm saying? Because that gave validation to to everything that they were using and the system that they were using. Now right. you bring it in us, we're all Americans and all that. We're from the area. Hey, this shit works. You gotta fall in line. Right, right. Because you know uh, what I'm saying. We- Cause we went to the sweet 16, we went to the sweet 16, then they went to the final four. So it's like, you got a little bit of success with it. So it's kind of like, nah, right. all line, but yeah. Right. I, so I, in our situation, me and your situations are similar because he's coming into a situation where he's trying to put his imprint on a, on a, uh, on a, uh, on a school and on a situation with his system. And we're coming into a situation where now his is validated yeah. the way that it has to go. So it ain't no change in nothing. You know right, and you either got to get with it or jump off the train. That's just kind of right. how it was, you know. So yeah. you know, so I, I understand that, you know. Um, but I also think with the evolution, like you guys were great talents. You know, you you guys are great talent. Just came in, I think, at the wrong juncture. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, guys, you didn't come in. He came in at a juncture where right. <laughs> that he he wanted to change things. So it kind of deflated the ball a little bit for you and Bebo, you know, so mm-hmm. 100. when we became, when we got there, it was like, okay, now, year before, you had Vernon Macklin, that was a McDonald's All-American, you got me and Austin, a McDonald's All-American, then the next year, you got Greg Monroe, who's a McDonald's All-American, then, Damn. I mean, the wave started coming, in terms right. of in terms of the the, the extreme, the top tier talent that these right. Duke is getting, the Kentuckys are getting, and all this stuff, and I think with that has to come a little shift in how you maneuver that, or it's going to happen. Like I think what happened is that guys are going to be like, ah, they ain't work out, not how I wanted to work out, so I ain't going there. You feel me? Right. You yeah. know, so 
I think that's part of what happened. We didn't evolve with the game at Georgetown. Yeah. And I think that's where the struggles that JT3 came in. Um, yeah. Because yeah. It, just, it, it just never evolved, you know? Right. Evolved. I mean, it would have been cool just to, like, have some sets, but, like, you can't base your whole thing on it like that. Yeah. You know, the whole thing. Like, yeah. so, like, yeah, I, I think you're totally right. He um, didn't stay up with the times. <laughs> It ran its course and that's all good, man. People, you know, whatever. That's it is what it is at this point. It's not nothing about being bitter or nothing about that. It's just being an analytical person and being right. an alum <laughs> at this nah. point. You know, that's what it's about. And so, you know, so I mean, it is what it is. And we we still are watching, we still I'm still a big supporter and all that. You know, a lot of people in in some instances think that alumni that didn't make it, so-called quote unquote make it, which is into a lot of people's eyes, is the NBA think you have some type of uh -huh. animosity towards the program or something like that. It ain't nothing like that with me. You know what I'm saying? I ain't tripping on none of that. It just evaluating the situation as it is. So for you, um, now you turn pro. What's your, what's your thought process after your senior year at Georgetown? Where, where do you envision your career going? How do you see your next you know, your next steps. Are you, you know, or what you trying to do? Are you trying to further go to NBA? Are you trying to do G League or what you trying to do? So, yeah, I wanted to, I, I wanted to go to the NBA. Um, I mean, that's first goal. Like when you, you know, you pick up a basketball, sure. like that's the ultimate situation. But I had like a couple of, like a couple of workouts. I worked out for like the Wizards, uh, the Clippers and Lakers. And, um, but nothing popped off. So uh, my agent was like, I got this opportunity for you in uh, in Germany. And I was like, damn, I gotta go to Europe. <laughs> I ain't never been to Europe. Like, <laughs> right. right. What is that shit like? <laughs> like? I have no clue. So, you know, like I was open-minded about the situation. So I ended up playing first league in Germany um, in the BBL in Braunschweig. I get there, bro. I'm just like, this shit is totally different. Yeah. <laughs> People ain't speaking English. Like, this is, you know, I had like asked a bunch of questions and I had some good vets too. Like, I had some good, like, two good American vets that knew, the, knew like, the overseas, they were like six, seven years in their career. So it was kind of cool um, to like learn from them. But, uh, like, I'm not gonna lie, the first, that first season I like struggled just picking up the European game just just you know like it was it was it was tough that first European like season was like tough just because uh you know you out of like your own little like comfort zone you're in another country like you're doing two-a-day practices you yeah. got this this cat like speaking a different language and cursing you out at the same time like, right. under his breath and like his own language you like yo this is like nuts you know what I'm saying yeah. um yeah but like uh like the head coach and I didn't see each other's um, style of basketball at all. Like he wanted me to be like, pick up 94 feet the whole game. And like, he wanted me to come down and just pass the ball, go stand in the corner. I'm like, nah, like this is not gonna get me paid. So like, at all. I'd break off something, go to the cup. And then he'd be like, next thing you know, I'm coming to the bench sitting down. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> like, so it was a couple of times, I'm not gonna lie, Chris, I got fined. For like yelling at this dude, like, yeah. like, like I'm a pretty even kill dude. Like I'm pretty chill, laid back, and mellow. But him and I just didn't see eye to eye, and I was just like, 
if this is what it's going to be like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> like, I'm cool on this. Right. So, um, but yeah, did, I ended up- Did you ever find that when in your career overseas, when did you ever feel, find comfort? Or if you did at any moment, did you find comfort overseas and, and just the rhythm of the game? Because people don't understand, man, coming from America and coming from the style of play that we play, we think it's just shit, just being American period. We think that what we know is how everything is supposed to be. You know, that's the reality of the situation. We think that this is how it's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be run. So when we get into a, a different culture, a different atmosphere around different people and they telling us different things that just the, the normal nuances of we think of what is disrespect is not disrespect to them or what mm-hmm. they don't think is disrespect is disrespect to us. And so right. like that, 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 that is, it's, it's mind blowing to really mm-hmm. understand that. So I know it took me for about, I want to say into like halfway through my third year till I really felt comfortable understanding just the different cultures and how it is, you know? So my first right. year I did Turkey, second year I did a little G league. Then uh, third year I did France. I'm saying third year overseas, France. And then I went to Italy. So by the time it was my third year overseas, I kind of understood like, all right, these people do a little, you know, it's a little different over here. You know, how long yeah, did it take exactly. for you to understand that? It was probably like around second year overseas. So like after I finished in, in Germany, um, I had offers to go back to Germany, but I was like, nah, I'm gonna try to, uh, the G League. So I did the G League, played with Austin for preseason. Then they cut me, was waiting for a team. Then I ended up finishing uh, second half of the season in Mexico. So I played in Mexico that whole second year. Mm-hmm. Then the third year, I played for uh, Bakersfield all the way up into the playoffs. Then they cut me for the playoffs. So I'm at home. Then the uh, I sat out. I didn't get a job for like a year and a half. So I'm, I'm at home chilling. Like a year and a half, didn't get a job. You know, just like, fuck, what am I going to do now? <laughs> like... <laughs> You know, so, but that's how I started getting into the acting shit too. So like, yeah. it was kind of like a blessing to guys. And then, um, so I started doing like commercials and stuff and just saying like, like, oh, this is like actually not bad. Like I can get paid to be like a basketball player on a commercial spot. Like this is kind of cool, like, right. you know, just that right. whole process. So it opened up my mind to different things. And I was like, yo, when I'm done playing, this is what I want to revisit and do. So then that third, the, the fourth year, which was my second year in Germany, uh, played uh, I think division because I, I hadn't played in a while. So you you know you guys kind of yeah, you removed a year and a half. They think that's five years. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. so yeah. So I had to start back and yeah third third division in Germany. And that point like it was a great like club. They made you feel comfortable. Like they wasn't cheap with their budget. You know like because they were trying to move up too. So like they were all in and. And that's when I felt the most Macedonia after that and understanding to your point, which you just made that like, you gotta accept the fact that your way is not the only way, you right. know, like <laughs> you got, yeah. So it was cool to like, like immerse myself within like the cultures and like talk to just different teammates. And I did that even my first year too. Cause like, I would go over to like the Russian cats on my team's house, eat dinner with them or if their wives cooked or whatever, you know, like the Serbian cats, you know, but just the style of basketball, I was, I was so young still on the pro game that like, I thought my way was the right way and wasn't trying to listen to like the coach and like, like, you know, so 
Um, but yeah, that that third year in 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 or second go around in Europe was for sure like I felt the most comfortable. Yeah. Did you did did you get the chance to travel? Did you do any traveling while you was over there? Like, you know, in between games and stuff like that. Did you expand? What was your favorite place in, in Europe? Favorite place that I went was uh Italy. I love yeah. Italy. Yeah, me too. Milan, <laughs> I went to Rome. Yeah, like I went to Milan, I went to Milan, Rome, and um, yeah, that was it. I went, I just went to I spent a couple of days in Milan, a couple of days in Rome, and like I was like, yo, this shit it's is nice. Lit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's real smooth over there. Yeah, I spent man, I, I spent like, five years nice. there, man. I spent five years there. It was it was yeah, Italy's great. lovely. It is. It was good food, good wine. It's cheap. The people are chill. Like right, right. It was a. It was a whole got a different energy to it. And you know what else I I noticed about being in Europe, and I hope people don't take this the wrong way. And if they do, so be it. Um, but the fashion in these this part of the world, in like the Western world, I mean, like the in like mm -hmm. uh, Europe and all that stuff is. I'm talking about. Okay, I'm saying like Zara. I'm saying like these simple brands, you know, these, right. these mainstream uh, stores, they dress way better than we do in America. It's not even close on the, <laughs> for the average person. Agreed. For the average person. I'm not talking about, you know, the people that are rich and the famous. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's rich and famous. They got their own style. They got, they have the resources to do what they want to do, but I'm just saying the average European right. compared to the average American, it's not even close in terms of the style and, and all that stuff. Like that's something that I noticed drastically when I come back from overseas. I'm like, yo, we looking bummy compared to how they dressing on the average day. <laughs> like it's not even close. They be out there smooth. Yeah, they be out they there. Be out there smooth. Yeah, yeah, real smooth. So that's that was one of the probably the cultural differences. Cause you know, in America, you think you got access to everything. You think everything is what it is. Like this is the dopest place to be, and in a lot of ways, it you know, America is America, so you, it is cool. But at the same time, like, yeah. nah, we ain't even up to par with what's going on fashion-wise over there, man. You know, that's something that I, I, I love the uh, European, the European lifestyle. Honestly, like, it's just super mellow and just right. laid back. Like, not into like the the materialistic things. You know, I mean, you got some people that are, but like a majority of the time, they just enjoy like each other. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying, like. Your right. friends and family, like that's like the most important thing to them, you know. So, um, yeah. I, I I like Europe a lot. Shit, after yeah. the pandemic, I need to <laughs> find somewhere to go in Europe. And hang yeah, out. man. Yeah, like I I always say, like I, it's funny. I have was asked a question. Um, I was talking to this kid that went to my high school a little while ago, and it's kind of in a mentor sense and all that stuff. And his pops always reached out to me because I played there and he remembers I used to work the basketball camp when he was like eight, nine years old. Now he's a sophomore, junior at the school and all that stuff. And he was like, you know, Chris, you got any recommendations on books or anything? I'm like, look, man, I'm not going to sit here and be trying to be a philosopher on you. But <laughs> I will say this. The first book you need to get if you don't have one is a passport. Because that will expand your mind. <laughs> That will expand your mind more than anything. Just go out there and start talking. Once you get over to these places, like you said, you had dinner, you'll sit there and have dinner with the Russian family. You have with a Serbian guy, you'll have that automatically. You start to see what they're about. Like for me, um, mm -hmm. 
I had this cat that was from Georgia. This was maybe from the country, Georgia. And he mm. would just explain to me what his livelihood was, right? And I hope my I hope my 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 former coach don't see this, but we uh it was New Year's Eve, right? And he was real cool and he was adamant that he wanted me and my wife to come, you know, come over. They were gonna cook dinner and all this stuff. And I actually thought it was like gonna be a team party, you know what I'm saying? But in actuality, mm-hmm. it was my wife and him and his wife, and we, they put a whole spread together for us, right? So New Year's Eve, we had been drinking and all that. We got practice in the afternoon, so it ain't that big of a deal, you know. So, and uh, <laughs> so we go in his house, and the ritual for them is if they respect you, and they and they want to show that you know, you know, we 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 bring you into our home, and you know, you're we feel like we are we have a good relationship, we're friends and all that. They want to drink with you until you can't drink anymore. They want to drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> bro, they want to drink wine until you can't drink no more man when i tell you i had to i, I left it we left the car there and everything i just walked back home bro i, I missed practice the next day i had to say i had food poisoning and all that all type of nonsense because i was just out of there i couldn't even take it but it was a great experience and he started to tell me about what it was like for him to grow up what his struggles were, mm. how 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 Georgia mm. as a country has developed, and what their differences are, how it's actually very unique to a lot of your friends, my friends and peers that grew up in poverty, you know, and what they deal with. But right. their poverty is even more extreme to the sense that shit. He was telling me he remembers standing in line with his mom at five in the morning, and it's fifty people in line, and you had to stand in line for one loaf of bread. And sometimes when you get to the front. You know, when you get to the front, they out of bread. That's it. You can't do nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? They cut off the water in the city. Right. So that's why I try to tell, like, being able to explore and understand different people's culture. Just talk to people. Talk to the taxi cab driver. Talk to these random, just talk to everybody. <laughs> You'll get a different yeah. perspective. Yeah. You know? So that's that's kind of how I view Europe at this point, just in my travels and stuff like that. And I was, I'm always curious to ask people, especially guys like you, that, you know, that you've been able to explore, you've been able to play and go in different places. You know, you jumped out on a limb. You came, you and Bebo came to the East. Then you go to Europe. So right. you're getting all these different experiences, all these different cultures that are different than what you are accustomed to growing up, you know? So right. So that that's something that's, that's major and it plays a role. So for me now, I want to understand. Now you play, you play six years. Why you stop playing? I kind of lost the passion for it. Like, I just, it, I just wasn't having fun with it anymore. So I was like, yo, I'm kind of tired of like getting up to go work out <laughs> and get better. Like, so at that point, I kind of knew it was just like, all right, that doesn't make any sense for me to like continue to try and play if like you're not wanting to get better day to day, you know? So right. I stepped away from it and was like, all right, I'm going to the second thing that I enjoy, which is, which is acting. And so I, um, I started taking classes, like just asking like people I knew in the industry, like, how'd you get started? And they'd be like, okay, well, I read this book, this Uta Hagen thing on acting. And I'd be like, oh, all right, read that. <laughs> and right. then and I just started to be like a sponge um, and soak up as much knowledge as possible. And I started taking classes to develop a technique. And then I booked like a national commercial. It was a, a, a AT&T spot. 
front of it. It's my first joint, right? So, and like, you get your own trailer, Chris. (laughs) Get your own trailer. Sitting in the trailer in the wagon, just like, yo, this is me. Like, this is this is kind of nice. Like, I'm like kind of like maybe fourth on the call sheet, you know, like right underneath the assistant director. I'm like, this ain't bad. Right. They they taking you to uh to hair and makeup and all that. Like, are you Mr. Cook? You need anything? I'm like, no, I'm actually good, you know, like (laughs) but it was cool just to see that process, man. Like to see like how many moving parts there were just to create a 60 or 30 second spot. Like Mm. it was nuts. And I was just like, yo, this is kind of cool. And then you see it come out, you like. That's the version they use because you're thinking in your head, you're like, oh, I spent eight hours there all day, right. did a bunch of different takes. And then to see the final product, you're like, okay, that's the one they used though? I thought the other one was better. So just the the whole like entertainment thing was like fascinating to me, man. Just like like seeing that like up close and personal, it just made me like want to do it more. So I was just like, yo, all right, this is this, 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 this is this is what I want to do. This, this, this is gonna be it. <laughs> that's what's up, man. So is that is was that a passion that you always were into or is that something that just kind of came about organically or how did that come about with the acting well i took acting classes in high school mm-hmm. a couple of them in high school i was like in a couple plays in like middle school um so it was always something i was interested in um but i think it was more so like in the background because i was more so focused on who you know right um and then like i said during that time oh actually i took uh acting classes at georgetown they had a couple of them at georgetown underneath um they run underneath the village C. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 they had a classroom on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I took like, like two semesters of acting classes there, and uh, but I always had like a passion for like uh, TV shows and 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 film and like always thought like when I was younger, I thought the TV show was filmed live like right then and there. I'm like, yeah, these people ain't messing up. This is kind of dope. Like like I thought like, I had no idea like they tape it. You do it uh, another cut, another take, another take. I had no idea. And like, even on like the movie. So like, I was always fascinated by it. And then like, my dad has a big passion for like movies and stuff. Like he's always watching black and white films from like the thirties, forties and stuff. So I would ask him questions like, oh, who's that? He'd be like, oh, that's Jimmy Stewart. Like, oh, that's Cary right. Grant. You know what I'm saying? Like that's James Cagney. Um, this is Catherine Hepburn, you know, like in these just different stories. And so like, I started watching them with them and I was like, yo, these, these cats is like kind of cool. So. Um, that time off when I didn't get a job, like I said, I did a commercial. It was for Pepsi and it was a small little, little bit like dribbling a basketball to a will I am beat or whatever. But mm-hmm. just like the whole auditioning process of it and like then getting on set for that was cool. So, like I said, it was something I wanted to revisit, you know, like when I was done playing, like so. Is that what you had that will I am that will I that commercial? If I'm not mistaken, you had a baldy in that joint. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, seeing yeah, that. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that. I remember seeing. I was like, "Damn, is that Shanti?" I'm because I remember. I'm like, "Damn, that's Shanti right there." I think it is, right? So, um, wow, that's what's up, man. See, and that's what that's that's what's interesting. People don't realize how the blessings come to you. It comes in many different facets, like, and your foundation, your knowledge of of wanting to get in is one is your father, as you you mentioned, and then. Ironically, it's 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 during a time when you are at home without a job, you know yeah. what I'm saying, trying to figure right. out what your next move, and you stumble upon this somehow, 
you stumble or whatever, however yeah. that comes about, you, you stumble upon it. This is kind of the same way we got into the dog talk. It's kind of the same way me and Free got into the dog talk. It's like, we we sitting here and I mean, it's quarantine. Everybody's at home chilling. <laughs> and, and I saw your, you and Bebo is on, uh, on Hoya Locker Room with Gene and Gene asked mm-hmm. us to come on to the show. You know, so I'm like, all right, I ain't doing nothing. Yeah, why not? I, I you know, and what I've started to realize is that there's the space and there's a there's a much needed space and, and a void, void to be filled for Hoyas and they want to hear us and hear our perspective. Because one thing about right. us, we've been very private over our years. You know, that's one thing about Georgetown basketball. We've been very, a lot of people don't know what's going on. A lot of people don't understand no the in and outs, the the works of what goes on in that gym in McDonough or now in the new facility. They don't understand what it is for us as college students going through it. Like we, that's one place that we lack. So it kind of just fell apart and it just fell, it, it just fell in our lap. And then next thing you know, everybody liking it. <laughs> everybody wants to, you know, you know, wants to hear it. So I understand like, and it happened in a situation where I ain't had no job. Well, I ain't had nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't had no job, right. I had nothing else to do. I said, all right, so let me get this a shot. And it's something that I really enjoy doing, interviewing people like you, inter- understanding and listening um, and, and trying to understand your perspective, understand different guys' perspective mm. and stuff like that. It's something I really enjoy, I enjoy doing because I always, like I grew up in a household, right? It's me, my dad, and my older brother. We talk hoops. We talk sports. We debate on everything there right. is, bro. Like, so for me to have a conversation with someone to talk about sports and have a perspective and in some way kind of, you know, give some type of, you know, validity to that conversation was like the first test was in my house. <laughs> like, I got to get through. I got to, and I'm the youngest. So they were like, man, Chris, shut up. Right. You don't know what you're talking about. You know what right. I'm saying? That's how it kind of was. <laughs> so now that I have, so now it kind of happened when I talk and, and I speak on this, it's like, yeah, I, I still am in that like little brother trying to make sure that my point is, is getting across to the sense where y'all okay. understand what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So um, I understand yeah. how that can come across and people, and I, and I hope a lot of other, and I, this is what I try to tell guys that are still playing because I'm in the 10th year and now I'm a vet is that, yo, the downtime that you have and all that stuff, you got to take advantage of it. Try to explore and try to see what else you're going to be into, man, because you never know. You never know. You know, Shay, you probably thought she was going to play for 15 years and make a hundred million dollars in this game. You know, that's yep. just the mentality <laughs> that we have as athletes. We feel invincible. We feel untouchable, right. untouchable. Just because we're young, we're athletic. I mean, we got the world ahead of us, you know? We hear people's stories and all that stuff. So I commend you for doing it. So now I want to ask you this, man, because I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. Breaking Bad fan, right? I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. I'm a big, my favorite shows are like Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, The Wire. Um, Like, I love it, man. I'm, I'm a show fanatic. I binge and watch all that shit. So... So I'm sitting here watching the spinoff. Yeah, it's late. I watch all that stuff. So I'm I'm sitting here watching. I'm, it's Saul Goodman on T. I'm like, damn, Saul was one of my favorite characters on the Breaking Bad. I was like, there damn, every time he pop up, it was some wild going on, right? So <laughs> for real. <laughs> so I'm I, so I pop up and I'm watching this. Next thing you know, 
once he gets his spinoff show, Better Call Saul, I had to stop it. I'm like, yo, that's a shanty right there. I'm like, what's up? So I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I and I message you up. I'm like, yo, you on the show? Like, what's damn, how you get on that? So you're just to see your progression over DM. <laughs> yeah, I said you DM. I'm like, yo, you on the show? And I call my bro. I remember calling my pops. I'm like, yo, Shanti Cook is doing his thing, right? So I just wanted to know how did that come about, man? How did you get involved in that? How's you've been progressing through this this kind of spectrum, this kind of this world? How how's it how's it going for you? And how did that come about? It's actually going good, Chris. Man, like I'm enjoying it, and um for the for the Better Call Saul thing, I had um, I was talking to a friend of mine, she's a casting agent in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And she was like, we have no diversity in New Mexico. So she was like, <laughs> I'm gonna put you in touch with a bunch of agents out there. Like we have a lack for, you know, minorities here in New Mexico. So you'll, you're bound to get, you know, auditions for stuff. Cause they film a lot of stuff out of there for tax breaks. Mm. And so I was like, all right, cool. So I reached out to a couple of agents she mentioned, um, and so I took a meeting. I flew down there to New Mexico to Albuquerque and met with both of the agents. And I was like, all right, I like this one uh, who I'm with, uh, with right now, Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell and Associates, Carissa Mitchell. And so, boom, she's sending me out on auditions, 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 then the Better Call Saul joint. I auditioned for this TV show maybe six, seven times, all different roles though. Mm. And then lucked up on this uh, yeah, associate role playing Kim uh, Wexler's associate. So I sent a yeah. uh, self-tape in. They get back, they're like, boom. Uh, I get a call from my agent. She's like, yo, they love you. They want to sign you uh, to do uh, two days on it or whatever for episode, um, I think it was like eight or something like that, season four. So I was like, okay, cool. It was like, we just need, like, have to hear back from the network. I was like, damn, all this goes into it? Like, it's crazy, Chris. Like, you know how many people audition for this job and how much of it is like a blessing for you to book something? Like, we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of submissions that are sent and tapes that they have to go through and for you to get chosen amongst that like you must have like really stood out you know what i'm saying and then like the network has to sign off them producers the directors the writers have got to got to see like okay does this person fit in like what we're looking for to play an associate to kim wexler like all these things and for you to get that job and that call it's like it's it's like a blessing it's like damn the hard work that paid off, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, so, right. um, yes. So, so yeah, so I shot that, um, I was there for two days, um, filmed a couple different scenes and then it came out and I was just like, all right, well, I hope they like keep my scene. Yeah, and yeah. The show comes out, I watch it. And I'm like, yo, they kept my scene, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, right. got my first credit <laughs> right. on TV. So that was a blessing. Yeah, and then I did a, um, I did another two episodes for them uh, uh, in 19. Yeah, in 19, in 2019. Okay. So, so yeah, man, um, usually they try and bring people back um, within those shows because it's a world that they create, you know? Right. So like, they, you're gonna see the same faces, you know what I'm saying? Just like at people from the nine to five, you see the, the same janitor, you see the same people sitting at the same desk, like the whole thing. So it's like, they try and recreate that whole world. So you see the same people. So right. like if I'm in a scene, they'll be like, okay, we need you in this scene. You may not talk, but you need to be sitting at the table at the deliberating table in a scene with Kim and hand her some papers. So right. they, yeah, so like, it's a good gig, you know what I'm saying? Like a recurring role. So I'm just like truly grateful for it just to like have that credit, man. Like it, you know, it's, it's a huge show. 
Yeah, I mean, the show, I love the show, bro. I mean, so it's crazy how they create a cipher. You know, they create a cipher of individuals, which is the same thing, which is ironic that, you know, when you think about it, that's how basketball has always worked. You know, I mean, when you really, (laughs) all these guys, if you look at any college basketball, you look at high school basketball, you look at NBA basketball, it's a cipher. They all circling. From one team to not, from one spot to not, boom, 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 boom. Another couple guys would trickle in, whatever. Then somebody would move up here, and then somebody move here. It's like it's like a way that they just keep that fraternity always in sync with each other, you know. And it's interesting to see. I don't know much about mm-hmm. TV and film, um, but it's interesting to understand that that's the same type of cipher and type of you know knowledge and kind of just uh, uh, guess foundation that's that's implemented in the film right. industry you know so for you to be yeah. in, to be able to move into both fields and still and still and you're still coming up in that field to have some success is crazy mm-hmm. to me do you think there's any type yeah. of correlation between that you that that you can draw from from your experience as a as a big time basketball player to now transferring over to the film industry uh i probably say the discipline part Cause you know, like as a hooper, you know, like you got to prepare yourself to be, to compete at the top level. You're going to get your ass busted. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing in acting. Like you got to go to class. You got to do your reading. You know, you got to do your homework and research when you get a role or you're going to get embarrassed by like the other actors. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's the same thing, you know, just the whole discipline. I tried to apply that from, from the sports world into this as well. Um, but also within this, like, I know there's so many different like lanes to get into. Like I started doing sports coordinating. So like in 2019, I did, uh, I was uh, the basketball advisor for Space Jam that's coming out, the new Space Jam with LeBron. Mm-hmm. So nice. I work like help with the basketball scenes for that. You know what I'm saying? So like my knowledge of like the game and was able to implement that and like help create some authentic basketball scene. I mean, of course it's an animated movie, so they're sure. gonna be a little bit like <laughs> hyperdrive, but you know, you still get some sense of like authenticity, you know what I'm saying? So just like that. And now I'm in, cause of the pandemic, I'm in the writing, you know what I'm saying? So like, there's like a whole like different bunch of different ways you can get into this thing, like, um, you know, creatively and be in a creative space and like, not just be one thing, you know what I'm saying? Like you. Like not just be a knockdown shooter, but you can like right. put them yeah. on the deck. You know, you can right. other people. Like you know, like like exactly. you don't want to be just yeah. a one trick pony in this business. Is what I, is what I'm seeing too. You know, so and That's- also networking is big too. Right. Huge, huge, right. huge, huge. Because you just kind of never know who's gonna get their next big break. Like it may be an assistant director you worked on a commercial with, who was cool as shit. Y'all got a good rapport. He may get a director director job on something else. And he'll remember you like, oh yeah, Shanti was cool as shit on that last project we did. Let's right. see what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? So you just kind of never know, man. Like just, just, just never know. Talk to people, don't burn no bridges and just like be always be professional. Do you think that, you know, you're a black, black actor, you're a black writer, you're a black creator. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you envision, is this a perfect, you know, I feel like in Hollywood and that type of, in that type of world, there's been, they've been, you know, discriminated against just like any, any other field. Do you think that that has, right. do you think, and I'm not trying to get you into no bullshit, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> do, you think, 
that there are more doors opening for that and there's more of a uh, more of an opportunity than it was in the past. I, I, I definitely believe so, especially now with everything that happened within the pandemic in 2020. Um, uh, you know, the George Floyd uh, passing and Breonna Taylor and, and everything like that shed some light on the discrimination and racism still exists within this world. And also the lack of representation we have within film too. Like I've always looked at like, like TV shows, you know, you look in the nineties, like there were like a bunch of popping TV shows, black TV yeah, shows, where like Martin, Fresh uh, Prince of Bel-Air, you know, yeah. like they were fun, like loving, like family TV shows. And now you look at all the black TV shows, we're all depicted as like drug dealers. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I hate that. You know what I'm saying? Like you got like power's great, snowfall's good, but right. it's like those shows, like they, 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 they put us in, in that lane and we got to get back to like the Martins and the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's like those fun loving TV shows. And I think now we're seeing more of a change in representation, like of, of, of us, people of color. With um, especially with Netflix, they're very um, they're 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 very progressive with their stuff. You know, like they got a black lead, black black lead in Bridgerton. You know what I'm saying? They have a a dedicated Latino show called On My Block. Like they're right. very progressive, and more uh, platforms are getting hip to it and creating more content and letting black people or people of color speak and tell these stories too. You know, because yeah. it's 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 a lack of it. And now I think you're going to see more within the um the upcoming years of people of color like making a change on TV, man, so. No, I agree, man, that's that's a great point that you made, because, I mean, you had Fresh Prince, you had Martin, you had the Wayne's Brothers, you had right. the Jimmy Fox show, you had Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Right, yeah, Moesha, like. Moesha, like, where's all that? You had friends, I mean, not friends, girlfriends. You mm -hmm. had all that shit, you know. On, on My Block is a great show, by the way. I watched that, yeah. I like that show. Bridgerton is wild. It's kind of giving me, I like it, but it's a lot of it, it just it kind of throws me off because I like it though I do like it I do like it a lot I mean but we do have you know yes we have power we have um snowfall which is depicting us as gangsters and all this stuff but we do have blackish right we have blackish yeah you do have blackish you know you have ATL but I'm just yeah. like thinking like where are like native space you know what I'm saying right. like 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 a friends like yeah i mean you had girlfriends but like girlfriends is not as to me is not as smart and witty as a friends you know what i'm saying like it didn't get the same noah right you know what i'm saying like so it's just stuff like that like i notice and think we should be um doing as well you know i agree I agree. Has there been anybody uh, since you've been into the acting field that you've drawn a connection with that has given you some vital advice as going through this process and going through your your your? Ooh, your uh, man, when I uh, when I worked on the Space Jam joint, I was uh, able to work with one of my favorite actors, Don Cheadle. So really, I talked. Yeah, yeah. So he really, hey, great dude. Yeah. Great, 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 great guy. Great guy. So just sitting there one day we was like shooting around like in between takes and I just asked him I was like yo like how do you I was like does it ever get easier for you like acting wise like like what is like what's what's 
what is it, man? What's the plan of this? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is... And he was like, honestly, man, he said, he said when he was my age or in younger, he was like, he would do the same things like go chase girls, right? you know, be out. but he said he knew when it was time to put in the work, he would put in the work. And he just honestly said, you want to read as much about the craft as possible. Like always be doing something creative, whether it's like reading a play, um, writing, uh, just getting like a little short story out, uh, watching TV shows, um, even like doing plays with your friends. It could be like one or two scenes. He was just like always just trying to like study the knowledge of the craft. And he said, look, honestly, you want to steal from the best. So just like in basketball, you see certain players like you love AI. I see a little bit of AI in your game, Chris. So like, I know you steal a little bit from AI. You steal a little bit from this cat. You steal a little bit from that cat. And then you put your own little like thing Right. To it, and that's what makes you as a basketball player. So it's the same thing in acting. It's like, okay, I like Don Cheeto. I like the way he does this. I like Cary Grant. I like the way he does this. I like Denzel, the way he does this. And you steal little certain things and you put it in yourself and you create your own little like gumbo and this is going to be you, you know what I'm saying? Right. So right. it's, um, that's basically what he said to me and it's kind of stuck with me. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that. It's crazy how the principles could translate to whatever you're doing, man. It's a simple, it's a simple formula and whatever form, whatever field that you're in. I mean, as you you witness his whole career, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant would tell you directly in any interview, I stole bits and pieces from everybody. You can see it all over his game that it had MJ written all over. Right. You know what I'm saying? And for him to, you know, and, and for a long time, I wasn't a big Kobe fan. One, because I'm an East Coast dude. And I ain't like the fact that he was trying to imitate everything that MJ was doing. I'm like, yo, get your own swag. Like, that's how I felt for a long time. And I thought it was unfair that he had Shaq and shit. I'm like, you got Shaq, man. You supposed to win, you know? I was hating back then. I was hating. But it didn't come to a time. It didn't. <laughs> it, when I got older and appreciated the craft and understood that, look, man, right. he may be trying to emulate this guy but do you know how hard that is to emulate this guy and to actually do it if not you know what i'm saying on the same type of level and then what i started to realize was like yo his game started to become his own because his hand yeah. was sick his movements was different the way he used to run and i didn't start to see kobe i mean mj anymore i started to say yo that's that that's that kobe oh. That's that yeah. Kobe right there. Like and it get it off the wrong foot, left hand yeah, side. Like left hand, <laughs> you know, just the the fadeaway started to be Kobe, just the handle, his height. And then when I started real, I'm like, yo, he really is an East Coast kid. The crossovers used to be yeah. like, you could see it, you know. So it's crazy that <clears throat> when any field that you're in, Don Cheeto is telling you the same thing. If, mm -hmm. if you want to become a coach, a coach tells you the same thing. If you right. want to become a, a physician, anything, anything you want to become, you got to start to pick and choose from anywhere, any the people that you see that are great at that and translate it into you and you bring your own sauce to it. You know, mm -hmm. so that's that's something that's, you know, I hope people, if they see this, that they'll understand, like, Everybody is going to imitate everybody at some point. I mean, we this life has been going on for many, many, many moons. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's very hard not to sit here and say that you ain't pick up something from this person. You ain't reinventing the wheel, you know? So it, you know. Right, right. That, yeah, you ain't bringing nothing new like that. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, nobody's I mean, bringing original ideas. Like that. Right. So, you know, I, I think that's interesting to hear that people 
the 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 basic principles of repetition, of studying, of preparing, mm-hmm. of 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 uh, yeah, just being overall prepared for whatever scene or whatever field that you're in translates throughout anything, you know. And um, yeah, because uh, because like even in acting and like in sports, you know, sometimes like a team may uh, you know like you have an offensive set go out, boom. Coach Tom say, look, we're running this time out of a timeout. Boom, let's do this. And the defense may throw a curveball at you. You know what I'm saying? And you got to adjust on the fly. Same thing in acting. A person may flub a line or something like that, and you got to adjust on the fly. But if you know everything that's going on and where you're at, then, like, it's seamless, you know, for you to make that right. that that adjustment, you know? So it just comes down to being well-prepared. Like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you got any bloopers? That you was like on set, you like, oh shit, I do that. <laughs> oh, bro. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. A couple of times on Better Call Saw, like I kept messing up on this one line. And we must have done about like eight takes. And so I look over at Kim, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> like she's like, nah, don't worry about it. Like, you cool. Right. And I was like, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna get it. Right. Bro, eventually I got it, but like. You feel like kind of like the tension, like building, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like this your line, and you keep messing up, and they gotta restart again. You're like, oh shit, man! <laughs> like right. everybody looking at you, you know, you right. like get hot under the collar. You <laughs> like, so <laughs> yeah, that's what's I up, man. A little bit more, like, yeah, bro. Like yeah, no, nah, I feel that. Like, that's crazy. That's like a that's like a great great cast and crew though. Like they're yeah. all there to like make the best product. And that's why it's been so successful. Like that whole Breaking Breaking Bad and and Better Call Saul, like that whole cast and crew is like amazing. Like really just like receptive, take you in. They're all there to like make the best um, TV show, so. That's what's up, bro. Man, we wish you all the best of luck, man. I I definitely do, because I look forward, when I see you in this, I'm like, oh shit, I know him, you know? So that's exciting for me, (laughs) you know, to see that type of stuff. Are you still, are you in tune with what's going on with the Hoyas? Have you been able to check out the games and stuff? I watched a couple of games. I saw they won yesterday. Yeah. Um, I won. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I watched, I watched a couple of games. I check them in every once in a while. Um, it's just, I think it's just tough just because of the pandemic. Like you can't really like build no chemistry like that, you know, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how to go about like practices and stuff, but it just seems like it's tough for everybody. You know, it is. so it is. like I was, I was talking to Bo yesterday or a couple of days ago. He said they had to go back in lockdown because somebody on their team caught uh caught COVID. So they got to quarantine for two weeks or ten days now and stop play. Like I'm just like, I'm, it's wild, I man. This is like I, I catch everyone. Yeah, like I, for as a pro, it's like this was a year. If anything, like you just. If you really about it and you really want to keep playing and all that, I be trying to tell all these guys that like, bro, I know the offer may not be what you want it to be or something like that. This is the year to stay in the race, man. This is the year to stay in the race and just, yep. and just get there and, and handle your business because it's so many guys that we know, you know, you know, I mean, you, you still around the game. I'm sure you still know, you, you've been in the game forever. So you still know a lot of guys, but there's so many guys at home that are ballers, like just flat out killers just at the crib because of this pandemic, you know what I'm saying? And and when it comes to Georgetown basketball, I think the pandemic really hurt us the most because 
we got a young team and coach had to rebuild. You know, a lot of those yeah. guys left for whatever reasons, right. situations last year, didn't have to get a chance to, we didn't get a chance to practice. We didn't get a chance to, to build, you know, and have a foundation on, on, on how we want to start this season. So, um, yeah, they won a game. We won a tough game yesterday, man. They came back and they, they played their butts off. But I think it's important. I think a lot of guys, for whatever reasons, we kind of distance ourselves from the program. And some, some might be, you know, justifiably so. They didn't feel that their experience was the best and all that stuff. But I think it's important for us to always kind of check in. You feel me? Like, we got to check in. That's, that's home at the end of the day. Regardless if you are... Regardless if you had a great experience there or not, and I'm not speaking just for you, I'm speaking to all of us, you have a great experience or not, that's right. your alma mater or that's your school. That's what you were a part of. And whatever you are a part of, you do not want right. to have looking raggedy for whatever reason. You feel me? Not like, at all. You, you know yeah. what I'm I still want to have ragged rights. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And especially, yeah, it's, you know, like for me, I'm in, I'm playing and it's an automatic bet. It's just an automatic bet if my team, my school is playing football and I'm tired of dishing out cash. That shit ain't right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I just think for the Hoyas now is that, you know, I think they, it's, it's, it's a situation where the foundation has to be set, you know, rest in peace to, to Big John, the foundation of, what we want moving forward has to be saying guys like you guys like myself guys like austin guys like you know all jeff green roy hibbert mm -hmm. all these great basketball jesse sabdewan some all these bebo all of them i'm not trying to exclude anybody is is a part of the the foundation and part of how we want to keep this thing growing man um i think one of the biggest things that that was a disadvantage for for me and for for yourself is that I didn't get a chance to really chop it up with you. You ain't get to sit down. It's like, yo, big right. homie, how, how this go? You know what I'm saying? What do I need to expect? What do I need to see? You know, what, what, what should I, what should I be, what, where the pitfalls at? Where should I be looking at? What these girls like, you know, I'm just right. stuff that as a college student, you want to know what's up, you know, that type of stuff. We didn't have that type of connection. And I think that's important, you know, um, for these kids, you know, so listen, man, I, I, Go ahead. Back on, on what you did is that that needs to happen on the staff too. Like True. they should always have like a person that's like played there because you've been on that campus. You know which teachers is like who to mess with and stuff like that. You yeah. know where to go get something to eat. Like if you ain't got that much cash, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you know yeah. those spots so you can help those kids transition into that. You know if you have somebody that's been a part of the program already. You know so. um like even when I was there, we had a uh, was it Mike Riley? But you had Mike Riley, you had Ed Spriggs. They were assistants. Coach Sam's rest in peace. But they played there, so right. like you could ask them questions about Georgetown. Like you always were able to get information about the school, you know. Like so, it just find it interesting that we don't have any former players coaching there right now. Except, yeah, you know Pat. But Pat, is like he's the head coach. Like he don't have time. That really, <laughs> you know, he can't so. really. He can't talk to you. Can't talk to the head coach the way you talk to your assistant coaches. Exactly. You exactly. can't. It just it, they got too much going on. They got too much responsibilities. The 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 people that you talking to are the assistant coaches. The head coach got to do all the other shit. He got to, and then on top of that, Patrick Ewing 
is the greatest Hoya of all time. <laughs> I know. So, so it ain't like he <laughs> it ain't like he had to go through, excuse me, Coach Passion. It ain't like he had to go through the same shit that we had to go through. I mean, he was like, he was like King King since he as soon as he stepped on campus. He I mean he had one of the most illustrious careers of anybody could possibly have in college basketball. So yeah. it's going to be hard to relate to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, so, you know, so, I mean, it, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, but at the same time, we don't want our shit to look raggedy. So we got to figure this out and we got to keep moving. I'm excited for the future. They got some, you know, they got a little young Matumbo coming in next year. They got a five-star kid coming right. in next year and we got, got to keep building. Like, I honestly think that if, if that unit that came, that Patrick, Coach Patrick recruited uh, from the beginning, Akinjo, McClung, LeBlanc, uh all those guys uh, there now they'll be a top 25 team this is their junior year i agree yep. you know, i agree i agree it kind of slows down for me at that point you absolutely know? <laughs> you know that by the time you're a junior you start to understand everything like all right this is how it's going to happen this is i know i can all right the media time about to come right now so shit this is how you, <laughs> you start yeah, to no facts it. yeah you start to play the game within the game like right you start right so so yeah, so we're a work in progress, man. Hopefully we we can try to climb out this little hole we in. We we having a rough year and just keep it moving forward. Like four and eight or something like that. Four and eight now, man. That shit is bad, but you know. It's a rough year though. It's a rough it's a year. Rough I do year. wish though that, like you said, like more alumni need to go back and like talk to like the kids just to like so they can have somebody like a fresh face, like a young face to relate to and like tell them, you know, like, oh yeah, like. Why is he just doing a special on Tuesdays? Like, you, might right. want to, you know what I'm saying? Shit like right. that. So, yeah, I wish we would have had access to like the alumni talk to them too. Because, um, like you said, it all seems like everybody's very private. And I wish more would have came back, like right. just to even talk to them. Because, you know, a lot of them were doing like big jobs for like Nike. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that would have been cool to talk to somebody and be like, yeah, man, if you know, you, like things don't work out. We got a position over for you, Nike. If you want to come, you know, it's just like, oh, <laughs> you know. So, right, that would have been cool, like to 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 speak to more of the alumni uh, during my time when I when I was on campus, man. So, one hundred percent, I agree. I mean, I think it's time. You know, I think it's well overdue that we start having the the tree branches of George Shine expand to different avenues. You know, what I'm saying we could touch this guy over here. Correct. Film. We can touch this guy in here. We can touch this guys. If you want to be working Nike, you want to work with George. You want to be in part of. You want to get involved in coaching because this one of the former assistant coaches is now a head coach at some university. So we got the plug. You know, it's just different things. I think it's very important. Media is very important that we expand our branches and touch you know different avenues and different lanes. So. You know, I'm all for everybody trying to figure out, and we obviously are stronger when we we are together. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's part of is our goal as being the younger. I mean, we moved up a little bit, but being the younger alumni, that is right. adamant that we keep this rhetoric going and keep trying to, you know, pump unity in a sense. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, supporting each other. So. Nah, man. I, you're I, doing that your platform, and and Gene's doing it on his. So you yeah. know, shout out to you for making that 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 taking that step forward and, and, and making it happen, man. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you coming on here, chopping it up with me, 
and um, just telling the story. I hope to see you on much on some bigger, bigger platforms and see you on the big screen. I can be like, yeah, I know this guy and all this shit. <laughs> appreciate <laughs> so, it, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. This is this this was fun, dog. Continue success for you guys too, man. When your next game? Uh, we don't play till next week. Ironically, we just we had a game. We just beat a team this weekend. Um, we won. I, I was having a rough game. Ended up scoring ten in the fourth and and hitting some big shots to to win the game. Had another. Had thirteen assists. I'm I'm doing all right. I'm kind of I'm at I'm at that stage where I'm like you know I figure the shit out and I just right. gotta keep it rolling. <laughs> right. I got you. I got you. I got you. And so, you know. I just, I'm in a, I'm in a solid spot and I'm just, you know, trying to keep it rolling, get some wins. You know how it go. You know the grind over here, bro. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so. yeah, just stay healthy, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. And I like, I always tell like young cats like that are starting out. I just always tell them like, yo, stay professional regardless. Yeah. Like that basketball world is small. Like <laughs> stay professional. Yeah. Stay professional. Like, yeah. Don't have any blow ups. Don't be a diva. Like just go in, you know, work hard. Like, cause like, you you know word travels like I'm like oh yeah, yeah he's a diva da, da, da. you know you miss out on a job somewhere that pay you know forty a month you know so like you tripping so, you, like, you don't know what you got going that that's happened to so many players mm -hmm. <laughs> so many yeah players. a lot a lot so I just say always stay professional man so but yeah just stay healthy man keep doing what you're doing bro so okay bro man hopefully we got to reconnect some so I need to get out there in the West Coast. Yeah, like, man, come on out here, man. Come, come, come to LA. Bring the family, man. Pull up, man. Pull up, pull up. Definitely, man. All right, bro. Good to talk to you, and uh, well wishes to you and the family, bro. Keep doing your thing. All right, Chris. I'll talk to you, man. All right, bro. Dog talk.